I'm Molly Cooper and this is a Snapshot episode where we bring you inside scoops from the travel, design and creative spheres. It's the same Creator Spaces content, now in Coffee Break Conversations. Today's Snapshot is all about the power of food and the brilliant Maisie project, which is using the dinner table to empower young people from Bristol. I'm so happy to welcome Melanie to the podcast, who launched the project in response to the free school meal scandal in January 2021, and I can't wait to hear all about how it's grown since then. Melanie, welcome to Greater Spaces. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm really good. How are you, Molly? I'm good. I'm ready for the weekend. I don't know about you. Oh my God, yeah, me too. Really excited. Got a chilled weekend to go do some nice wholesome activities love it it's that time of the year isn't it it's time for wholesome yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) and I'm so excited to talk about the Maisie project with you when I mentioned you were coming on I've had so many people being like I love that they're doing such (laughs) cool things in Bristol so can't wait to hear all about it but let's start with you and your background and how you've ended up in Bristol and at the helm of the Maisie project yeah I mean I Hmm, how far do I go? Um, I grew up in Athens, um, so I was born there, and then I moved to the UK, like just outside London when I was 13, and then I moved to Bristol for uni in 2014, and I got into a documentary, and like I think I really found my path, um, realising that I really wanted to tell stories, and like I had a real passion for social justice, um, and then I moved into TV, so I used to be a researcher, um and yeah then furlough happened and then um the free school meal scanner happened and I was just really angry and I think that's where Mazzy has come from it's just from like um just pure anger and I guess it's I've somehow channeled it and it's somehow become a charity (laughs) (laughs) I love it you gotta channel that frustration don't you and for anyone who maybe doesn't quite remember could you talk through quickly what the the free school food crisis was yeah, for sure. So um, the Food School Meal Scandal was um, in January 2021, when basically the government was sending out hampers to um, fa- marginalised families. Um, and these fa- these hampers were coated at £25, but actually they were literally like maybe, you know, there was literally half a carrot, half a pepper, just some white bread, white rice, like very kind of plain um very non-nutritious food um and I, it was just obviously it was just really frustrating and disappointing and I think it was a massive kind of indication of food poverty and like the fact that there's no choice within food poverty and I think that was re- what really like triggered me I guess to feel really frustrated and to really understand that food poverty is a lot more than not having access to enough food or good food. It's actually not having the opportunity to choose what you eat, to have the opportunity to like eat a meal together on a table, on a dinner table and like go out for food and all of these things that have been such a big part of my life. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And it's so everything you say, like food is a huge part of everyone's life and there's real joy in it is you know, is up there in Maslow's knees, is what makes us human, like sitting down and eating around a table together. Um, and exactly. you're so right, not having that is just such a violation of someone's ability to like, live a full, proper life. Um, 100%. Yeah. So talk me through then. So this this pissed you off. You're angry. Why did you decide to channel that into the Mazzy Project? And what did it look like in that, those early days? 
Yeah, so it was very much a middle of the night idea. Like literally, I sleep with a notebook next to me. Um, so I have like I woke up in the middle of the night and I kind of was writing it out and writing the ideas out. And um, I originally started a fundraiser to buy food vouchers for families in need, and we quickly um, raised a thousand pounds. Um, but then I decided to refocus onto vulnerable six and twenty-five years because I was twenty-four at the time. I'd worked with that age group a lot before in university and generally this vulnerable community is one that massively falls through the cracks it's extremely ignored they're very much left at their own devices even though they've suffered you know sexual abuse physical abuse neglect mental and physical health issues um and you know really feeling extremely isolated and lonely and I think at that very kind of life-defining age if you don't have the correct support if you don't have love if you're not well nourished you will go down like a path that, you know, will probably lead you to the perpetual circle of poverty. Um, and, and, and yeah, and I guess for me growing up in Greece and the way I show love to all of my friends is through food and like I cook for them and like I love food and I really feel um, better when I eat something tasty. And I think food is actually because everyone shares food, you know, everyone will have food. Um, and I think it's an easy way to start intervention, I guess, but like in the kind of a way that allows dignity, that allows control. Um, so yeah, started Mazi. We started off with 15 young people um, as a pilot. And what we do is we deliver weekly recipe kits. Um, so similar to like Mindful Chef, but we'll work more with small-scale producers, local farmers around Bristol, but we still follow the same concept. We'll text them each week. They'll pick up to three recipes. We'll pre-weigh the ingredients, and then um, our volunteers will deliver them. So it's very much kind of around giving choice and controlling what they eat, but also using really high-value, highly nutritious products and ingredients. So we, that's why you know it's really exciting to be working with small scale farmers and getting muddy veg in and you know we are funded so we can pay for our ingredients so they're not donated um so they then cook it at home which teaches them how to cook and we have educational materials around why our menu is seasonal around why the veg is muddy um which is really interesting to kind of hear that feedback from them and you know they really enjoyed it and then we also run lots of cooking classes and events where they aim to kind of tackle the food disparity in the city by taking them to spaces that they feel like inaccessible. So um, taking them to like some really beautiful independent restaurants and working with the chefs there to do some cooking classes. It's very much actually like a journey that the young person goes through with Mazi and, you know, with the aim that they'll come off our boxes and, you know, they'll be feeling confident or they'll be um, feeling well nourished, you know, they'll be able to focus and, um, look at kind of what they want to be doing I guess as opposed to just worrying about when they're going to eat next yeah and I loved what you said about to you giving food sharing food like that is an act of love yeah and I think so often projects or like charity initiatives they're kicked off with like the best intentions but budgets get cut yeah it can become like oh we're trying to balance the books and get more donations but actually this is such an like a lovely you take food you share it you share the love and yeah there's such dignity to that like you say definitely I think it's just such a I don't know I just I find food to be like one of the most humbling like equalizing things mm. that we experience as humans and you know 
I think food is something that can literally stop time for you. Like you'll be having a conversation and you'll have a bite of something and when it's in your mouth and it tastes amazing, you're like, oh my fucking God, this is so good. And, you know, you'll stop that conversation. And I think you really, it takes you, very much brings you to the present. Um, And same with like when you're sharing a meal and the connections you make over the dinner table. And we've had like lots of our young people kind of say that, you know, they've, I mean, neither they've never seen like, you know, courgettes and stuff, but some of them were, were, were escaped their abusive families and they were trying to kind of build bridges, I guess, like with specifically this one girl with her mum and she would go every Tuesday and they would cook some of the recipes from Mazi together and then she'd go home afterwards and she would just say, it's one activity that we do every single week, um, which was so beautiful to like kind of think of it as a you know, as a connector for people and for vulnerable people within, you know, their own kind of situations and using it how they want to use it as opposed to, you know, um, I don't know, like with food bank boxes, I guess they're really, they're quite different and Mm. you don't have much choice. You don't even know, like a lot of time, you know, there's no recipe, so you might not know how to cook if you don't know how to cook. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's so special. Like you say, a lot of the people you're dealing with, I'm sure they had incredibly difficult upbringings and childhoods where sitting down with your family to enjoy a meal together just wasn't a thing or they were living off food box handouts or school meals or and having that time to connect with someone over cooking, learning to cook, which is such Mm. a, again, a human thing to learn to cook from your parents and just not having that. So it's so special that you're now giving them that at this stage in their life and they can still use it as a connector. I think that's amazing. Yeah, it feels really nice. And the conversation that I have with the young people, because um, we do monthly supper clubs as well. And that's that's been a really nice thing, actually, because number one, it's a nice, you know, it takes me out of the real stress of Mazi and like running and like funding and all of these operational aspects. And when you go to these spaces and you speak with the young people, you cook with them and you eat with them and you kind of, especially we've had a few regulars now, notice you know, certain progress within them or like often they'll come to one of our events and they'll be like, oh, fuck, I really don't want to be here or, you know, like have their headphones on and like really not want to get involved and like slowly as the night progresses, they will. And like there was this one girl who she has come to quite a few of our supper clubs and she would normally struggle to eat in front of people so she just wouldn't eat or she'd go and eat on her own. And then we were in this space that was quite small and there wasn't really necessarily an opportunity to do that but like she was you know she was with her girlfriend and I could we were building a rapport and um we served her the food and then she actually very slowly started eating it and she ate the full plate of food in front of everyone like at the table and like I could see her battling like the inner battle in her head like see the anxiety um and you know she was really looking at her girlfriend for comfort and then I and then she ate it and I was like you know, I was trying to play it really cool. I was like, no, okay, that's nice. And then um, she came over to me and I was just like, I'm really proud of you. And she was just like, thank you, like me too. And it was just a, such a beautiful moment. And another young girl that came to that same event, she said, I met her a couple of weeks after and she was just like, you know, that was a real highlight of my month for me. And like, I was telling everyone about it. And like, it's such a, I think, you know, we forget how important it is to like have, or not how, like, well, yeah, how important it is to be with people sometimes. And, like, you know, we might take it for granted. Um, and 
for these young people, sometimes actually the one event a month is the thing for them, you know, to do in the month. Um, so, yeah, it's really cool. That word you mentioned earlier about food being quite humbling. I yeah. That really, like, spoke to me just then. And mm. the fact that literally sitting down for a meal with a group of strangers, you might not even know them, and that yeah. can be the highlight of your month. I think that's incredibly humbling and, like, just a real lesson to appreciate the small things, the people, yeah. the time you have together. And, yeah, I just I love that. Yeah, no, it's really nice. It's good. And tell me about the people who keep the project going day to day, your volunteers. Yeah. Um, what encourages them to give up their spare time to mm. get involved in Mazzy? Um, so I'm kind of the only full time and then we do have some like paid staff as well. Um, and our volunteers on Tuesday are just amazing people. Like, you know, they I think we've managed to create a real community. Um, and I think the actual packing days are fun. You know, they're also quite like mindless jobs um even though like mass gets really weird at some point um, every packing day but like it's very much kind of you know like bagging up I don't know 150 grams of like rice times 55 um mm-hmm. and a lot of the volunteers that come to us are coming because they've been signed off work due to mental health issues um they're in between jobs like it's kind of you know, they've kind of come in with their story. Um, and it's just, it's amazing. Like, I still have moments where I'm just like, I just can't believe people are here yeah. for free, like, giving their time. Like, I think with Mazi over the past, like, two and a half years, which I think, like, globally, you know, politically, have been so incredibly horrendous and so difficult to be able to see much hope um that's the one thing that I feel like we're lucky that every day I get shown like hope and kind of you know real um passion for equality um which is nice so yeah oh that's such a brilliant note to almost wrap things up with but let's have a quick look ahead at what the next couple of years or more have in store for Mazzy yeah, so basically we're going to be releasing our um, new pay it forward meal kit scheme um, from January through to April. Um, so when you buy one, you're also buying a recipe kit for a young person. And we're working with like some of Bristol's most amazing chefs. We're working with Yo Valley, Bristol City Football Club, Eats Everything, um, to kind of curate these boxes as like a limited edition, um, which is super exciting. And we're moving into our new space. And but I think like kind of you know the like the vision with Mazi I guess is to kind of decentralize the food system and use Mazi as a blueprint to show how you can create a circular food economy, um, and that's kind of what I'm working towards is getting our processes in place and starting to build like the blueprint and go national with like campaigns for food equality. Um, and for you know the rights of disadvantaged young people amazing so enough to keep you busy there yeah <laughs> just a tad. never a dull day I'm no. sure no definitely oh not. well it's, it's such a special project I love the work you're doing I really wish you all the best for the future with it um before we do go we've got a little closing tradition of a quick fire round yeah if you're, if you're up for it yeah cool. let's, do it. let's do it okay <laughs> what's your favorite cuisine um I'm gonna actually say Greek. I know that's I probably biased. Or Mexican, maybe Mexican. Let's go Mexican. Okay, let's do Mexican. And then what's one Mexican food you cannot live without? 
Um, a really, really good salsa. Mmm, delicious. Like super fresh, lots of like coriander, lime, you know, really nice tomatoes. Yeah. Mm, zesty. Love yeah. it. Okay. What's one food from a childhood that you miss here in England? Um, oh, I just love in Greece we just have like um spinach pie and like it's just from the bakery and it's like literally a euro. But I just was obsessed with them. Like, I love them so, so much. Yeah. Um, and now I'm gluten intolerant, so I can't even have them, which is so sad. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and are there any British foods or eating quirks that you just do not understand? Um, uh, I don't know. I can't think of anything right now. To be honest, anything involved with food, I pretty much am on board. So. Love it. Very diplomatic. Um, yeah. And what are your what are your top restaurant recommendations in Bristol? Oh, um, Sunny Stores definitely. Um, the Lido is great. Pash is an amazing chef. Um, mm-hmm. Pony and Trap. Um, and yeah, I'd say those are like the top ones, especially if you like if it's a treat, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. treat yourself. Yeah. Love it. Are you more of a starter or dessert kind of girl? Yeah starter definitely oh really so savory yeah always and for your final meal on earth what would you have yeah um people ask me this and it's actually super bougie it'd probably be like grilled squid with like greek salad and a really nice glass of white wine doesn't get better than that i know in a taverna by the sea in Exactly, that's all I need. Just really good Greek salad, nice grilled squid. I'm happy. Love it. Oh, well, thank you so much for coming on, Melanie. It's been such a pleasure chatting. Thank you so much for having me. I wish you all the best for having me. Thank you for listening to this Snapshot Conversation. For more Curator Spaces content, head to our website, Instagram, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.